and welcome to the Trash Tapes podcast as part of the Enigmatic Productions Network. If you love bad cinema and incredible deep dives into cult film, then you have come to the right place. So if you like what you hear and want to support us, you can do so by donating some funds to our Buy Me A Coffee website, along with the ACAR supporter feature. All of these can be found in the description below. And now, on with the show. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Okay, let, uh, I think we need to get in the mood. Ready? Okay. <laughs> Give me a B. B. Give me a U. U. Give me an F. F. Give me an F. F. <laughs> Give me a Y. Why? What does that spell? Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Well, that's, that, that was, yeah, I don't think, uh, our, cheer, our cheerleading career is not going to kick off after that one. <laughs> also, it only spells Buffy, not Vampire Slayer as well, but it, we just added it on. We would be here all day if we tried to do that. <laughs> oh, man. All right, let's kick this off. <laughs> One man's trash is another man's treasure. Starring Johan Chappelle as the inflictor of pain. And Edward Harvey as the victim. From Studio Enigmatic comes... The Trash Tapes. And welcome to another episode of The Trash Tapes, where one man's trash is another man's treasure. I'm Johan Chapal, your host and the inflictor of pain, and I am here with my victim, Edward Harvey. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Awesome. We're all... Well, I think we're in high spirits today. Definitely. We're in high spirits. And it's the reason why we got this episode is because very recently uh, we had the passing, the surprise passing of Luke Perry. Which was a real surprise because it was from, I believe it was from a stroke and it happened really randomly. Yeah, it's really sad. It's really sad, you know, and it was kind of a part of the, like, of our youth, as it were. 90s pop culture, yeah. He was, you know, 90210 and a few other things like that. He wasn't very old, was he? He was only 50 or something. 50 50 something. Yeah. So, in other words, I thought, Mm. let's look for his back catalogue and see if we can find something that's a bit rubbish. Mm. And so, going through that, I think the best option we found was the movie version of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah! (laughs) 
I just met this girl named Buffy. I'm Pike. Pike isn't a name. It's a fish. I liked her, even though she seemed kind of flaky. But, as it turns out... You have been chosen, Buffy. To do what? To stop the vampires. Does Elvis talk to you? When things started getting weird around here... Are we having a nightmare? You threw a knife at my head. And you caught it. She was the one person I could really count on. Kill him a lot. Hi. Hi. What are you doing here? What am I doing here? I'm saving your butt. That is a bad guy. Can we go, please? The Slayer is unmasked. Let's finish it. I think this relationship has potential. Hi. How's it going? You're obviously having a bad hair day. If she can just get rid of those other guys in her life. Stab him in the heart! Christy Swanson. I am so sure. Donald Sutherland. Ah! Ah! Paul Rubens. Ah! With Rutger Hauer and Luke Perry. Buffy, you're not like other girls. Oh! Yes, I am. Buffy, the vampire slayer. You didn't even break a nail. Directed by Fran Rubel Kazooie. So, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, this movie has this famously got a bit of a bad rep. And I think it's because... I think nowadays they've got a bad rep because it's compared to the TV series. Yeah, I, I think it's unjustified. A lot of people really hate this movie. Mm. They really, really don't like this. Mm. And I think it's also because this is all, all the Whedonites, all the Josh Whedon fans, because Josh Whedon hated what happened to this movie. Yeah. Because Josh Whedon wrote the original script. And then from that point onwards, things got a little bit hairy. So for any for for anyone who's basically been living under a rock and has no idea what Buffy the Vampire Slayer is, we'll have to go and break this down. So Buffy the Vampire Slayer is a nineteen ninety two American comedy horror directed by Fran Rubel Kazooie, right? And starring quite a few That's fa- a cracking name. Yeah, I know, right? And and yeah, and she and she's done a few little things before, but she's mostly famous for this. But this movie actually has going through the list quite a lot of famous people that I forgot were in it. Yeah. So Buffy's played by uh, by Christy Swanson. Uh, you also got Donald Sutherland. You've got we got Paul Rubens. You got Rudger Hauer. You got Luke Perry. You got Hilary Swank in her first ever movie. In this case, yeah. And also things like David Arquette and and loads of other cameos. Yeah, I mean nowadays they're all sort of well known sort of big hitters, aren't they? Like, yeah. yeah, they're quite big. I mean, I've got there are actually a surprising list of cameos in this movie. Mm. People who did turn up and people who surprisingly uh were supposed to turn up but uh didn't last very long or couldn't have turned up so yeah. okay so another one one is for example ben affleck appears in this movie i didn't even believe it you were like i swear that's ben affleck that's ben affleck because he looks so young yeah it is like say oh he's older no no this is 1992 this yeah. happened so ben affleck was in it okay ricky lake the, what she's in it she plays the waitress she plays a waitress in a sequence all right, okay. okay. I don't remember her. I know, but that, that's because they're all hit in the background, mm. right? Also, uh, Seth Green's in this movie for three seconds. Right, okay. So he's a vampire with glasses on. Yeah. Which is great, because technically then he's starred in both Buffy's. Mm. This is a very interesting fact, right? So, Rutger Hauer in this movie plays the King of the Vampires, yeah? King of Camp. Yeah, the King of Camp. 
All right. There were quite a few people up for the role, right? Mm. And so I'm going to break down quickly who's actually in the running for this, okay? And you're not going to believe some of them, and I actually think these would have been legendary. Right. Okay. So first of all, you had Carrie Elwes, who was basically, you know, from uh, you know from The Princess Bride and stuff yeah. like that. Mick Jagger. <laughs> Brilliant. Mick Jagger could have been in it. That would have been amazing. Mick Jagger would have been King of the Vampires. And then obviously your favourite, David Bowie. Really? Oh, God. Either of those two would have been so great. I know. I mean, but the thing Mind was... You, Mick Jagger isn't the best actor. Bowie's better than Jagger. Yeah, he is. But yeah. then I'm just having a thought of Mick Jagger swanting around as the King of the Vampires. <laughs> but then they couldn't do it because of budget restraints. Mm. So then they tried to get all three of them as cameos as other vampires. But yeah. then... Uh, due to time, they couldn't do it, so they were so so. This idea was completely scrapped. But oh my God, imagine! I wanted to see a vampire Mick Jagger. I can see why they wanted a because they wanted someone with a lot of charisma, didn't they? Yeah, because it's like he's meant in this version of Buffy. Yeah, the the main bad guy is go, they're going for the charming, charismatic vampire, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, but you know, but see, Mick Jagger has a charm, but it's a different kind of charm. Yeah, it's kind of a really cocky swagger. It's not like um, not like Rudger Howe, who's trying to be charming and yeah. so camp. And I don't know whether Mick Jagger could have faked that. He would have just been Mick Jagger. He would have just been Mick Jagger. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, all right, love. Wait, wait. <laughs> just shimmying away. <laughs> so the movie itself got a lot of mixed criticism. Okay, yeah. so it, it was a mixed set of reviews with, at the moment, on Rotten Tomatoes being 35%. Fresh, so it's not that good. No. Uh, so on average, it's about four point ten, a four out of ten. Mm. Nah. The consensus reads that Buffy the Vampire Slayer's supernatural coming of age tale is a letdown by poor directing and even poorer plotting. Even though Paul Rubens and Kirsty Swanson's performances were still managed to slay. Oh God, I love some of these. They are the most, like, they do stand out the most, those two. Yeah, they definitely yeah. are the ones that really have the most charisma and mm. in terms of, like, actually taking their role semi-seriously or having a bit of fun with it. And then, but then it got it got a little bit of more uh, of, of a cult following once it appeared on home video. Yeah. But it only was until Buffy the TV show popped out. Then this movie kind of fell into obscurity because all because the TV show did so well, everyone started looking even worse at the at the movie and going, "Oh, it's it's not it's not like the TV show." Yeah. I mean, I with the with the movie, for me it was like the 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 video was like a word of mouth video like people said like in school like, "Uh, have you seen Buffy the Vampire Slayer? It's actually pretty cool." And then I watched it and like really i liked it at the time but then obviously the tv show came about and it was like this is amazing so it's just gone up a notch i, I like the movie but didn't kind of like go mad for it mm. and then the but i like that idea yeah and then so then i was just like loving it when the tv show came along the tv yeah. show took it to like its mm. ultimate conclusion right but this is the thing it's all based around our hero as it were Josh Whedon. Because Josh Whedon, this was his baby from the get-go, right? Mm. But this the movie itself, during production, and a few other things, got a little pandered. Because the writer of Josh, we- Josh Whedon actually then sold the rights to the film to... Okay, this is random. He sold the rights to the movie to Dolly Parton's production company. <laughs> what? 
Okay, so Dolly Parton actually has a production company, right? Who does who surprisingly did Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but also did also helped out with things like Nine Hundred Two One Zero. It also helped out with all the Father of the Brides movies as well. Okay. I love it if it's called Dolly Dearest. Do- oh, no. <laughs> Dolly Dearest production. Apparently it's called Sand Dollar. Okay. Which is weird, all right? The production of the movie was only limited to five weeks to accommodate Luke Perry's 90210 filming schedule. So the filming was a bit tight and squeezed, right? Hmm. So they had to be like a well-oiled machine to get this done. But... Josh Whedon, once he wrote it, and so that he was given the role of an advisory. So he, so he, so he was an advisor on set. Mm. Okay. Early in production, but departed after becoming dissatisfied with the direction the film was taking. Yeah. Now, this was a combination of two different things. One, the executives from 20th Century Fox removed many of Whedon's jokes, believing the humour was too abstract for audiences. So too meta or too... Mm. Alf ball, right? Okay. And also the director who director um, actually then had to rewrite a lot of the script. Right. In order to make it work. So but the end so the end of it, it's like there are elements in there that are Josh Whedon, and you can see it in the movie. Yeah. But not the final sort of thing. It hasn't got his sort of magic on it, is it? Has it? It's just there's just little glimpses of him in it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's exactly what it says here. Josh Whedon has expressed his disapproval for the movie's interpretation of the script from the get-go. Mm. And he stated, I finally sat down and had written it and somebody had, had made it into a movie and I felt, well, it's not quite her. It's a start, but it's not quite the girl I want. Mm. And I think we can agree with that. There are elements that's totally Buffy, but it isn't Buffy. Yeah, and but this is the thing: the the reason why it was dissatisfied, dissatisfied because the studios want to make it a little bit lighter, right? Because apparently the script, the original script, was incredibly dark. Well, the thing is with him, he wrote like Cabin in the Woods, didn't he? Yeah, and that's like a great example of him being allowed to make stuff really violent and kind of gory, but at the same time has all his humor in there. So I, I assume. When he does, when he does like a, a horror comedy movie, that's the kind of movie he wants to do. Where he wants the the full on horror, but he also wants a comedy as well. Yeah. So maybe that his script was a bit more light on those levels in terms of horror and comedy. I think so. Yeah. I think it's that would have been the balance because I've read some of the uh, bits here. Okay, mm. so the it seems like the first half of the movie is pretty much accurate, but then some horrible shit happens, right? Which later on becomes continuity for the TV show. So right. number one. Okay. First of all, the, you know, he kind of noted this is one thing I think I'll put a bit of a down in the movie. For a movie about vampires, the movie is surprisingly quite bloodless. Yeah. There's not a lot of blood. No. At all. Like, the only time I saw some genuine blood is on Buffy's arm after a fight. That is it. Yeah. You think, like, cause with, with vampires, you'd think you'd see blood, like, on, on, on like, teeth and stuff and, and bite wounds and, like... You barely like, see that. And yeah. then when you do, the lips just look like lipstick. Yeah. <laughs> it's all the blood, but actually this is my favourite shade. <laughs> I thought it was quite a... I hate that that look where... You know Rooker Howe's character? He had, yes. He had, like, lipstick, but he had a moustache as well. Like, I hate the combination of <laughs> moustaches and lipstick. It doesn't go together. It looks so weird. <laughs> It's 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 like it's like one of those it's like, it's like a butch drag queen experimenting a little yeah. bit because it was like because he's very blonde isn't he yeah. so it's kind of like a blonde mustache and like red red lips and it doesn't work mate <laughs> does not work all right two 
Okay. Um, which I'm going to say all of this now. So by the time we get there, it's going to be things. So there's, there was a suicide in the original script. Oh my God. Right. A suicide in the original script that would have propelled Buffy to being where she's supposed to be, who happens to be Donald. So Donald Sutherland's character, instead of dying, would have in fact have committed suicide instead. Right. Is he he a more depressive character in this original script? Well, the idea was is that he is trying and trying and trying to get Buffy to be the ultimate vampire slayer. Mm. But it's just not working because she's so, you know, defiant and so valley girl. Yeah. And then then when the the king of the vampires tries and shows how much, like, he's so easily to lure her, Mm. he... He, 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 decide, he thinks in order to sort of do that or whatever it is, he feels like he, he's not up to the task of actually training Buffy to be the best vampire slayer, so he kills himself. Right, okay. Which propels then Buffy to actually step up her game. Mm. But holy hell! And then on top of that, the last bit at the end is the whole prom sequence. The whole bit in the prom. is There was no, like, big epic fight or all the bit in the prom or whatever. The original script had Buffy burning down the entire school gym. Yeah. Oh, and that's continuity in the TV series. Yes. It? They talk about that, yeah. Yeah, but that means he, she killed all the vampires as well as everyone in the gym. Mm. So, yeah. Because I did wonder about that because uh, when I watched the TV series, uh, I was... I was expecting continuity from the movie, but it, there was, it wasn't there. No, but it's yeah. apparently it's the thing. The TV show is continuity from the original film script. Right, cool. So they took a lot of elements from the original film script to keep the whole thing going, yeah? Mm. And they did change things, obviously, from the TV show, but things like burning down an entire high school gym to kill an army of vampires, yep, that stayed in. So Josh Whedon eventually left set, just walked off the movie... Mm. Like, a, a bit through. And he blames three things. One, uh, the director rewriting the most of the script in order to keep the, the executives happy. Yeah. Um, cut down a lot of the... Change a lot of the jokes, which some of the jokes do land, and I can see how some of them were still Josh Whedon's. But then there's a few that are basically now... It, go, it goes to the other end to pure slapstick. Mm. Okay? Yeah. Number two, uh, Donald Sutherland's behaviour on set is... Dis- <laughs> I love it. Joss Whedon describes him as being a bit of a dick. Right. <laughs> All right? Because apparently Donald Sutherland uh, had, um, had, had sort of a thing of improvising or altering his lines to the script. Yeah. Quite often. Which, you know, which the director allowed to do freely because obviously he is the most high-profile star in the movie. Mm. But which means that when Whedon felt like most of, the, of Merrick's lines and dialogue were felt disjointed and unintelligible by the end of it because he was just making up garbage and sounding like like something from someone from a completely different movie. Mm. So he hated that. Yeah. Okay. And then on top of that, just in general, like having the majority of his film just sort of pushed aside and slaughtered around all over the place. So that's those are sort of his main cruxes. The director, the rewrites, and Donald Sutherland. It seemed like the... Um the director was a bit of a pushover, to be honest. Like, mm. it maybe was was it is it was it the first movie or something? Or no, 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 no. She, she did a few movies beforehand, right? But, but she's famed for this. Yeah. Okay. Because, like, it, yeah, it just seems like she uh, let the executive just just have their input, and Donald sort of let him do what he wants. 
yeah. didn't really push it in terms of what the original you know thing was yeah, yeah. i think that's the case like i think maybe the house director didn't really like the vision in the first place mm. and had to put her stamp on things but it's what's so funny is is that later on she's credited in nearly every single buffy tv show but that's nothing to do the fact that she's done absolutely nothing for the TV show. She just put it there because of the fact that it wants to have a constant reminder. It's because of her movie that for some reason, Josh Whedon had to go back and do it better. Yeah. So every time you see her name in the credits, you'll watch it. She, she's under a credit in, mm. the, in every episode of Buffy. But that's just a reminder to everyone and Josh Whedon is like, your piece of shit made me have to redo this again. Yeah. Wow. So. Yeah, but the thing is, though, would have the TV series come up? Would it? Would it? Would it would have happened if the movie hadn't happened? That's the question. Mm. If, but that's the thing. What if the darker version of the movie happened, right? And it wasn't a success. We wouldn't have had Buffy. Mm. So it feels almost like this is all this. Even though this movie is considered a mess and not very good or anything else. This did lead to a far better product. That's almost iconic with the late 90s, early noughties. I mean, Buffy was the thing. If yeah. you didn't watch Buffy or Angel, you were like, what's wrong with you? Mm. You know, Josh Whedon's famous for like the whole continuity sort of, you need to be in it, references, and you've got to be involved in the universe and stuff like that. I even had like... Uh, the uh, I wore like, a long coat and had the hair like Angel and stuff. Oh no, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, you're an Angel follower. Yeah. I, I was more. I always liked Spike more. Yeah, Spike was cool. Rutger Hauer. Rutger Hauer, the king of the vampires. I think Rutger Hauer is a good choice for being the king of the vampires. You oh, yeah. assume he'd be. You look at his face and you say, like, you know what, yeah, you're royalty to some capacity. This is another example of, like, the... I mean, this happens in all American stuff, but they look so much older than high school age. Yeah, because they, they look, like, in their mid to late 20s. Apart from, like, some of the girls don't, but, like, the, the guy act... The, the, the male actors always look so much older. And that's, and that's why they always hide out with jocks. Oh, there he is! Oh my god! Sex. You can't have sexy Pee Wee Herman. Sex? Oh, you can't. No, you can't have sexy Pee Wee Herman. What? What? Did he get caught like masturbating in a cinema once? Yeah, exactly. That's why you can't. can't get away with it. Oh my god! It's just weird seeing Pee Wee Herman just try to be sexy. Hi! <laughs> yeah, he is probably that man. It's probably the most sexless person ever, and yet he's you could and yet he is a sexy vampire in this. How does that work? Right, I am loving Rudger Hauer's lair. It is amazing. It is so goth, and he's got a tiny violin, and he's wearing and he's wearing puffy shirts. Oh my god, he is the man. Rudger Hauer underneath a giant statue of a, of a flying Pegasus. If his campus hasn't raised to 11 now, it is super. With pink smoke. Pink smoke and lipstick. Look at him, he's so fabulous. Fur coat helps too. We're talking about 
Buffy being the vampire slayer, but who, but, but who is she supposed to be fighting? She's a fighter. She's supposed to fight Lovos, the king of the vampires, played by Rudger Hauer. Yeah. Who is, oh, I uh, personally is my favorite character in the movie for the fact that he is the campest. He's, he's walking around in capes, wearing, playing a violin, you know, floating roses. He is just so romantic camp. He's like, he's a bit, he reminds me of like Morrissey or something. <laughs> Morrissey as a vampire. That's kind of awesome. I mean, he doesn't look anything like Morrissey, but his behaviour is... His mannerisms. Bit, yeah. And he's and also introduced to his sidekick, which is basically Pee Wee Herman. But Paul Paul Rubens, basically. It, it's such a bizarre casting to have Paul Rubens as, a, as a, meant to be the sexy vampire. It's just He's odd. supposed to be the sexy vampire, but it's not the sexy vampire. And he's got this really odd kind of, like, uh, metal hair, like rock star hair. Yeah, he's a, little, he's a little bit like sexy hair metaler kind of thing, yeah? Like he's trying to do, like he's got metal hair, he's got the leather jacket... And stuff like that. And he's like, you know what? I can see what you're going to do with it, but it's Paul Rubin. It's Pee Wee Herman. It doesn't work. It feels odd. But here's an interesting fact. Originally, uh, that role was supposed to be played by a woman. Okay. It was supposed to be a female character played by Joan Chen, but she, she pulled out, so it was rewritten as a male character. But then this makes me even more think, uh, again, out of all the choices, you had time to change it. Why Pee Wee Herman? I think they just perhaps wanted to push the comedy like this. It seems that they're really going for comedy. The yeah. Movie. Uh, and they know that he's a funny guy. So, But what's actually interesting, again, playing for the camp uh, value, both of those characters, you've got Paul Rubin and Rutger Hauer, they play a little bit like a couple. I think that might not even be from the original script, or just because they're just they're so camped together. It's just hilarious. Well, if if, if she was meant to be female, I suppose it, they were meant to be a couple, maybe in the original script. But the way, it's, but it's, but then when now when they say it to each other, now you got Paul Rubin and Rodger Hauer saying it to each other, dressed in the most like like early nineties goth, and just saying like it's like. We need to get the Slayer. Oh, darling, sort this out for me. You know, it just, seems, it just feels so off and campy. It's laughable. Yeah. They showed the original script was darker. Yes. I'm wondering whether the the main villain was meant to be a bit more like the the master in the TV series. You know, like, Maybe. Because he's still... Like got he's still like a, um, a charismatic like he can still draw people with that is is what they call glamouring isn't it like, yes he can still do that but he's scary isn't he? he's not like sort of camp or fabulous come kind of. to me he's just he, he can like uh, really he can hypnotize mm. Buffy yeah uh, but he's scary. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, a, that's the thing that's missing. There's an intimidation factor that's a bit missing because Rutger Hauer, who's supposedly the the big honcho cheese is so campy, you can't really take him seriously much. He doesn't seem ever like a real threat. No. Okay, let's break down the plot. So, the plot itself is very sort of bog standard, but it feels like there there are definitely some key moments in the movie that really stand out. What I kind of love at the very beginning, the movie opens with a medieval setting, which is... Did not did not expect that. And I love it because the title says Europe, the Dark Ages. 
Just somewhere in Europe. Somewhere in Europe. <laughs> it doesn't say where in Europe. Where it is is just all of Europe. Yeah. That's where this is. And what you see is Donald Sutherland and 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 Christy Swanson being being their roles, but this time in a medieval setting. Yeah. Which leads which starts to bring up the idea that this that these characters are constantly being reincarnated every time. So they're reincarnated, there's always a slayer, there's always a watcher, and there's always the king of the vampires, and they have to keep doing this dance forever and ever and ever until something gets done. Which basically says all the other buffies were a bit naff. Yeah. All the other slayers were naff. It's funny because it's like um it's a re it's a reincarnated like a reincarnation thing, but like obviously it looks like the same people. Yeah. But I suppose that's just because it's a dream. It, it wouldn't it, it, if it was like a real in reality it would have been a different person. Yeah. Like, yeah. But I think it's maybe also for the audience to say like, hey, you yeah. see him? Yeah. He'll he'll appear later in the movie, yeah. and it'll be really weird when he appears. Mm. Yeah. Like everyone appears in this. All of them do. All the all the main hitters appear in this. So Paul Rubin appears, uh, and you know Rudger Hauer appears, and everyone's sort of there reincarnated as this main four people that constantly are in a loop but it does i'll admit the the medieval setting looks quite shit yeah very sort of cheap doesn't it cheap looking yeah it looks thrown together it's thrown together just like saying oh this looks medieval right wear this you wear a wig but i love this bit the very beginning of it didn't she just literally because the because one of the vampires just disappears down the stairs and so Buffy, well, I'm saying, yeah, Buffy, Buffy, medieval Buffy, jumps out a window and lands on a horse. And proper, pl- like, <laughs> pancakes the, uh, <laughs> the horse. Like, <laughs> pancakes. I hope that didn't, like, actually harm the horse there. I was kind of worried about her, because if she landed on a horse, imagine someone jumping and landing on a horse. Well, I think it was a stunt woman. Stunt Well, even still, poor stunt lady. <laughs> they, like, they can handle it. They, they can handle it. Are your ribs okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Oh, this is just a regular Tuesday. <laughs> For me, it was a Tuesday. <laughs> oh, no, we're bringing it up again. <laughs> and then, so yeah, so these... <laughs> oh, no. Oh, God, I think Raul Julie would have made it way too more hammy if we put, the, put him in the movie. <laughs> oh, he would be a good vampire, though. I mean, he's already there a little bit with Gomez, wasn't he? Yeah, he's like, but there, so now just a... Just more hammy up. It, it, actually, I think Rudger Hauer appears, and here he's not the full-blown vampire as we like at the minute, but he is quite campy. Yeah. And he comes really campy later. He, he just looks like he's having a lot of fun with it. Yeah. I think that's the thing. I think, again, he's like, Rudger Hauer's, oh, this is a lot of fun, isn't it? And the director's like, you need to be serious here. You need, please, please be serious. It's like, I am being serious. Seriously fun. <laughs> and he's just having a whale of a time. Yes. Good grief. Oh, man. 20th Century Fox. Man. There's a version of that on YouTube where someone's used those. You know, those little, like, plastic, like, uh, sort of, what are they called? Like, kazoo. A kazoo. Yeah, kazoo. kazoos. Yeah, they've, they've played it on, on that, <laughs> on those, and it's just hilarious. Oh, my God, an army of kazoos. Oh, I like that. <laughs> oh, my God. God, 
These people have terrible cinema etiquette. My God, shut up! I'm watching a movie. Oh no! I can't believe these people. Good David Arquette. Look at Arquette. Why has David Arquette always look, got that face like it's really fucking bright in here? <laughs> he looks like oh, like it'd be like Clint Eastwood does. Like. Clint Eastwood always looks like he's he's, he's looking through you because yeah. he's just squinting at you and everything. Like he can't see beyond his face. You can see like the the, the difference in fashions of, of you got like the. The, they're like the grunge kind of. Yeah, they're grunge, and David Arquette's got the one earring. Yeah. Oh my god, this is so 90s, it actually hurts. You know, and if this was the Earth, how do you not tread on the Earth? I mean, you kind of have to, right? <laughs> Say <laughs> so dumb in this. It's also she's so dumb, but it's almost slightly profound. Yeah, it's like don't tread on me, and it's like a picture. Yeah, well, you kind of have to. So then, once that sequence happens, there's little moments throughout the movie where, at the first half of the movie at least, where they flash back to this to insinuate that this is happening, but then. We're cut to modern day, and we are, and we literally are cut to Buffy cheerleading, cheerleading, mm. right there in the gym doing the whole thing with the n- most nineties of soundtracks, which we have to drop a minute. What a what a soundtrack! Yeah, when it uh, when we watch the credits at the end, we're seeing who, who who was on the soundtrack, and it's just some really well known big songs and stuff. Well, at least maybe the songs weren't that well known, but the artists, the artists were yeah. well known. Like, I mean, the first song opened the movie basically opens up to to CNC Sound, the Music Factory. Yeah, so like, oh, okay, so we got that, and the music keeps really, really pushes the nineties. Now, to me, it's not like famous songs, but like this sounds nineties as hell. Yeah. Definitely. Um, so that, I think there's one thing we have to mention. Because this movie is, is based like in the early 90s, you're going to have a shit ton of 90s nostalgia watching this movie. Definitely. L- like the outfits, the setting, the slang. Oh, the slang. I didn't even understand half the words they were saying, but they're like, oh my God, Valley Girl slang. What's your damage? <laughs> oh God. I mean, I can't even understand half the words they were saying. They were talking gibberish to me. Yeah, but proper ninety slang f- throughout, and you got Buffy doing the cheerleading, and then she is joined by the other three sort of dim-witted girls. One played by Hilary Swank, which I'm, again I was surprised this is her first ever movie. Yeah, this is the thing at the very beginning. This is probably one of the reasons why a lot of Buffy the Vampire Slayer fans maybe do not like this movie because at the very beginning of the movie, Buffy is a total airhead. Yeah, a complete fucking dimwit who. It kind of makes you think, is, is this an act because they're popular or is she literally this dumb? Yeah, my memory of the movie was I, I thought that there was a lot more of that. My yeah. memory of it was she was like an airhead, a valley girl airhead. The for, entire time. Or for at least a long period of the movie. Uh, but it, I was quite surprised that it's just really the beginning part, really, isn't it? It's only the first maybe 20 minutes. Mm. Because then once she realises she's a slayer, she focuses more and she's no longer that dumb anymore. Like, all her dumb quips stop 
Yeah. Completely. And I, I think that works in a in a movie. Yeah. Because she's got a, quite a strong arc, hasn't she? Yeah. yeah. She's hardened. She hates. She literally hates her, her, her like her current boyfriend and hates the stupid girls for being like you know. There's actual real important things in life, like killing vampires. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And that's just like a metaphor for like growing up, isn't it? You start to realise there's bigger things that are more important right, in life. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. Again, the movie. Looking back at it, the movie is basically about once you realize that high school's actually a bit shit and nothing in high school really matters you know like you know like a senior prom dance no one really cares how great the dance is or whatever you have a memory but you're not going to say like that this is the most important thing ever like you wish so this needs to be the best dance ever right no one cares because in the grand scheme of life vampires are coming basically (laughs) Then we introduced to some of the other characters, like like all the Valley Girls are in the cinema, just being Valley Girls sh- talking throughout the movie. Interrupt, and this is when we're introduced to the late Luke Perry and David Arquette, yeah. who I'm very surprised he was in this movie, and I'm no, no I'm not sure if I like him or not. No, I, I, don't, I think he's quite forgettable in this movie. He's quite forgettable. He, he's quite forgettable. I don't think as an actor he was pretty good in this. And I'm not sure whether, again, he's just eating up that campy ham mm. that's this movie he's serving on a hot plate. <laughs> yeah, he's chowing down on it, isn't he? He is. Because it's like, <laughs> eventually, he does eventually become a vampire later on in the movie. And... I'm not sure if it's, he's taking it as seriously or is enjoying it, because, again, the lighter tone and the, combined with some of the really sort of serious moments makes this movie kind of muddled. You're not sure whether that is a conscious choice or because they're just letting the actors run wild and free and go, I'm a vampire, yeah, basically. Also, the, 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 the vampires, they don't look at all scary in this movie. They're just, they, they, they're just, they, just, got, they just got a bit of contact lenses and, and fangs in them. Yeah, silly. Like the 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 ears are kind of like pointy, but they're kind of they're kind of like almost like elf ears. They kind of like flappy, aren't they? Like Vulcan. Yeah, Vulcan. (laughs) Oh my god, Spock is a vampire, basically. He's like live long and prosper. I'll also need to suck your blood. Um, (laughs) That is highly logical. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, and they 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 can float, can't they? Which is a bit weird. They they can float, which I kind I find kind of cool because they don't fly. They just float. Yeah. Like, the bit is when, when Luke Perry and David... Luke Perry and Perry, David Arquette, they're, like, buddy out, they hang out, they get drunk. And and then David Arquette gets bitten, by a bitten and becomes a vampire. I love the bit, because Luke, Luke Perry's all, like, drunk in his in his house, gets out of bed, hung over, and looks out the window, and says... And David Arquette sort of, like... And say, like, let me in, man. Let me in. I'm hungry. Let me in, man. Please. We can be fun. And then Luke, I love Luke to say, like, it's like, and, and Luke's playing, like, what the hell, man? You're floating. <laughs> He's like, I love the way, the way he delivers that line because he, like, goes, you're floating. Come on. Come on. Like, how am I going to let you in? You're floating. <laughs> It's great. It's really funny. See, I really I like Luke Perry in this movie because he is funny. He is a funny character. Yeah, it is yeah. funny. And I think this is the point of the movie. If you see the movie as a comedy mm. more than a Buffy movie, like if comparing it to that, the movie's quite fun. Yeah. And you have a good time with it if you don't take it seriously and have a bit of fun with it. But if you start taking it seriously, you go, oh, this is now actually quite stupid and this is not fun anymore. Mm. Yeah. 
much, rude or anything. Wow. <laughs> he looks like a pervert. He look. Look, the lighting makes him moody. Like this, I think. Like Donald's everywhere he goes, moody lighting follows. <laughs> Well, look at all that. It's like a stranger just walks in this school. Stranger danger. Very impressive. The 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 tumbling. What? Oh, I used to do gymnastics. Are you looking for somebody? I was looking for you, Ashley. Pervert. Why am I in trouble or something? Because if I am, I didn't do it. All right. Oh, so you come with me now. And he's he's, like, he's like caressing something in his hand as well. Yeah, it's like saying, like, come with me now and I'm going to show you something. Like, Creepy! Hun, what's your damage? So, Donald Sutherland versus Anthony Stewart Head. Yes. Which, which one? Oh. Thing is, it, I mean... Anthony Stewart Head got to explore the character much more because he was in the whole TV series. Yes. But uh, Donald Sutherland does a really good watcher. He does, but he's screaming stranger danger. Yeah. Really screaming. He's not really selling himself well as the teacher of the second coming of the vampire slayers. He's, he's not... Um, he's not, like, nerdy, is he? Like, nah. Is he, it was because Anthony Stewart Head's character, like uh, Giles, was like a proper bookworm type guy. Yeah, he it? was a professor. Well, at first, anyway. Like then, you, you, the, you, the, obviously, you got to know more about the character later on. But he, he was a history buff. He knew everything. This is where we're first introduced to Donald Sutherland, uh, who always seems to have moody lighting follow him everywhere he goes. Yeah, he's, he's just he's quite creepy. Yes, he is. So Donald Sutherland is the watcher. And, he, well, he definitely watches because he watches her from a distance really creepily. Yeah. Like, this is literally... Just lurking in the background with, like, film noir lighting. All the time. Because he, he's also wearing the same outfit everywhere. He doesn't change his clothes. And the thing is, sometimes he's, like, training with Buffy and he's, he, you know, he's running around and he's kind of, like, exercising. And you think you'd take off a few layers for that. He's still wearing a trench coat and fedora the entire time <laughs> and you're sort of thinking like is this literally the only outfit he w- it's like is this the costume budget because they only have that costume for him or something yeah maybe that's it you uh, just take a layer off take off the trench coat if you're going to have complete combat training <laughs> it just looks really weird it just looks like you're creepy it just looks like that creepy guy who hangs out in parks yeah randomly just walking into a school without any permission or security or anything else, Dol Sutherland appears in a puff of, almost like in a puff of smoke, it feels yes. like. Because he just appears again, like from the corner of his eye, going, where have you? It's like, I'm watching you. Yes, of course you're watching me, like a pervert. Yeah. And then introduces himself to Buffy and says like, you have to understand, you are the chosen one. You know, you're the chosen one and I'm here to train you. And the way he talks sounds really... Odd, and I'm not sure whether it was done on purpose to make it sound like Stranger Danger, basically. Yeah. Which is like, now come with me tonight. Come with me tonight in a graveyard, and I will show you something. That sounds like a that sounds like a 
a bad time waiting to happen. I don't know how he convinces her. I can't remember what does he say to make her do it. Like he says, basically, you're having these weird dreams of you being like in the Victorian era, aren't oh, you? Or you being it. in like in a medieval time, and you were a slave, and you were all these he, in different he times. He convinces her because. He, he says things that only she hasn't told to anybody. Yeah, the thing. dreams. Yeah. It's mm. like say I have to. I keep having these weird dreams, but you know, that's not the case, right? There he is. Oh, he's coming out. Oh, zoom in. <laughs> wow! Bye-bye. Help! Oh my god! I'm stuck in a tussle! Oh no! <laughs> Do something! Use your gymnastics! Yeah! This, oh, this, a fight, this fight seems actually, just looking more at it, it just seems more and more pathetic. Oh, there's another one behind you! The music in that scene was really odd. Yeah, it seemed like, I'm so overdramatic, but then the fight was so lame-looking. <laughs> it's like, uh, I'm rolling in the mud. <laughs> Finally, they said, fine, I'll come over. I'll do a thing. And you can see, like, I do not believe I'm so going to be like, I don't believe I'm now in, in, a, in, in a graveyard with a random stranger on a school night. Oh, no, basically. And so this is where he first introduces <laughs> the concept of vampires. Mm. I mean, this whole sequence of the graveyard, this is the thing. This is where I start thinking, like, the fight scenes are a little bit disappointing in this movie. Yeah, they're kind of, like, just wrestling with them. I know, I know, I know they're not... I mean, they're still... Buffy's still sort of getting to grips with knowing that she can fight them. Yeah. Uh, and Donald Sutherland's character, uh, he isn't hasn't got any powers or anything, so he would struggle to fight them, I suppose, as well. Mm. But you'd think he'd have, after all those years, he'd have a bit of a clue how to fight them. Yeah! Because what's odd is Luke Perry seems to be able to fight vampires better than, what's his name? Yeah, than Matt, that Matt Valick or something, what's his name? What, 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 Merrick? Merrick, yeah. Merrick. He, he doesn't seem to be able to fight vampires at all, and he should have... He's only human, but you should have experience. This is the thing. He actually says to Buffy, he says to Buffy, he's like, I am not a slayer. It's like, I'm only here to train. But it's like, even if, even if you're not a slayer, mate, you should know what you're doing because you're training them. I mean, you, he would have still had to get his hands dirty in fights and stuff because he's the, the watcher, you know, and he's always in, involved, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, always involved. So in other words, uh, the first vampire comes out of the grave. It's like fresh meat. Died three days ago, mysteriously, and so like, and it's I'm almost like waiting. It's like the great the grave's been overturned, as you can see, so they'll be ready to pounce any minute. And he's just staring at it, and then and then just cut, then then the vampires come out like zombies in sort of like a lame way, like, and then they fight, but it's literally rolling in the mud. Mm. It's like it's a bit of a mud wrestle. It is a bit of a mud wrestle, and it's a bit like. Come on. Like, Buffy, Buffy the TV series actually became quite renowned for having really cool fight sequences. Yeah, everyone knows, like, 
Kung Fu. Everyone seems to know some kind of Kung Fu. Yeah. Like I said, everyone knows how to do a flying kick. Everyone knows how to do really cool, like, drop kicks and and, uh, and, and chops and punches and all that kind of stuff. They well, do make... In the TV series, they do make jokes about the vampire. As soon as you come a vampire, you know how to do martial arts. They make jokes about it, don't they? Like, yeah, yeah, they do. They sort of like say, like... Say, I, it's like, I didn't know how I could fight that until a vampire showed up. <laughs> so... By this point, then, so that means then Paul Rubin, uh, Paul Rubin's now going on like this sort of um, rampage of trying to get, you know, feasting for blood, trying to lure out the vampire slayer, right? Which Buffy is actually slowly but surely getting better. There's like two, there's like two training montages that really show that she's actually surprisingly good. And, yeah. and there's one cool bit where there's two cool bits that show that she has pinpoint accuracy. Where um, there's a bit where the um, where for no fucking reason Donald Sutherland just throws a knife at her and just grabs it. Catches it with both hands and yeah. shit like that. And, and so only the chosen one could have done that. So only the chosen one. then he's like, here's the question. What if she wasn't the chosen one and just threw a knife at her? Well, that's what she says in the scene, doesn't she? Yeah, yeah but you threw a knife at me. Come on. Please. <laughs> yeah. And the other bit is in the in that um, discussion in the office with the teacher. Yes. Uh, she is a fly, isn't there? Yeah. She throws like a drawing pin. And it pins it to the wall. But it doesn't throw it. She spits it. That's it, yeah. She puts it in her mouth and just goes... And says, pins a fly at the back of the wall. That is... Mr. Miyagi would have been really impressed. Definitely. (laughs) So she has... She's... Maybe the whole point of the movie, to a point, that she's always had these abilities, which shows for it. Because at the very beginning, at one point, when um, when the Valley Girls are being molested by Luke, uh, Luke and David, Luke, Luke Perry and David Arquette in the in the cafeteria, mm. like for no reason, and we'd never seen this before. We've never seen her do anything like this before. She grabs a knife and slices a hot dog in, in half through the middle. Yeah, you don't actually see it, but you see the uh, the result. Which I know what it's trying to say. It's like, you know, I'll chop your pecker off. But the right sa- down the centre. <laughs> Talk about a split. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There is... 
Did he just stroke his mustache? He did. Whoa! Slater. Oh my god. 90s hunk. He was a 90s hunk. What happened to him? Last night you knew I was sitting in the first grade, didn't you? Yes, because I had to make you aware of the implications. Damn. I never hit anybody before. Really? You did it perfectly fine. Yeah. <laughs> when did she get all the all this stuff? Oh, there she go. Ha! <laughs> That's a... Doesn't Donald ever take any layers off? He's just like always. He's in a... always in a trench coat, which is why he's the epitome of stranger danger. No wonder he looks think, like a creepy pervert. You think when he was helping her with training, he would at least be in just a shirt or something, like a shirt and tie. Uh, at least put on, at least put on a tracksuit. Close, but not close enough. Right in the knee. <laughs> yes. Yeah, look at that kick. Oh, sponsorship, clearly. Yeah. Vampire Slang, sponsored by Nike. Remember? When do I meet this guy? Isn't the heart more central? He was like... I, I was. It, it's the heart in the centre, but a little off. So it's about but here. But he was like, pointing it like, at his nipple. <laughs> Again, stranger danger. Maybe just saying like, here's my nipple. <laughs> Give it a stroke. PMS. Well, think about it though. As a vampire, right? You know, vampires smell blood, right? 
so... Oh, no, 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 I've just had a thought. No, I realised what I just was about to say. Ew! Basically, the slaying wins at this point. She takes far more time slaying than ever does in high school. And so she gets called into the principal's office at one point. And you can see how Buffy's just like, I'm just tired. I'm just tired. And then, and then the principal goes over to her and like, it's drugs, isn't it? You just start talking about dropping acid and stuff in the 60s. And- yeah, it's like, I was a nab. <laughs> I was a nab. We tried everything. It's like, it's, it's like weird, sort of creepy trip. And I can't remember the story because it's so incoherent. Yeah. And she's, uh, I mean, Buffy's not really listening to him. And we're not really listening Listen to, to him. Because Buffy's not really listening to him. Yeah. And I think this is where, you know, where we talked about how some of the things were clearly improvised. This is clearly a moment where I think it's improvised. Like, because the guy's talking... Nonsense. Yeah. Legit nonsense. And you know when you're not a very good improviser, you just start throwing things at the wall and hope what sticks. Mm. I think this is a segment where I think this is where some where some of the movie sort of falls. The, some of the really bad improvised moments. Yeah, I mean, you're supposed to be talking about, like, sort of hippie kind of behaviour, so I suppose it was the only way you'd get away with that. But at the same time, the character seems like he wasn't really like, a, a big sort of drug-taking hippie. He's just kind of pretending it's like an act. Yeah, he does feel like he's an trying act. To, he's saying it to be cool, isn't he? Like, yeah, I think it's so. I think he's, he's, trying, trying, to, he's trying to act like, I'm, like, I'm so down... He actually says, like, I'm down with the youth, bro, whatever and, it is. Whereas in reality, I think he probably, like, he maybe did drugs one time or something. He did mar- he, he smoked a joint once, hated it, and now he's recalling all of these accounts he's making up. Saying, yeah, yeah, I totally did cocaine once. Yeah, I totally did LSD once. <laughs> and like, I'm not even sure, man. I think it's all lies. Maybe yeah. secretly he's always high and we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he's, he's a quite an annoying character, to be fair. He only appears three times in yeah. the movie, and every time he's annoying. So maybe you can start seeing where some of the criticisms kicks in. But that's the thing, is when we watched it, I think we ignored it. I think the, some of the bits that are annoying can actually be quite easily ignored. Remember, you're special. You certainly look special with those pointy ears. <laughs> you are special to me. It's like, did you do something with your face? Uh, no, no, it's fine. I just stay up all night and suck blood. Of course he floats down, but no one's noticing. Ben Affleck! Oh, hello! That's not him. That is Ben Affleck. It looks like him, but that's not Ben Affleck. That's so Ben Affleck, though. I'm convinced that is Ben Affleck. I'm going to find out. Uh-oh. I think Ben Affleck would be a little bit older. Isn't everybody? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? <laughs> I'm telling the world. I'm telling the world that you're 
you're a dyke! <laughs> what? What a bunch of sexist pigs. Now that is a cool image. Cheerleader on a Harley Davidson. Harley Davidson, yeah. <laughs> that is quite awesome. Thing is, this is the thing, this movie is now looking back at it now. Actually, it's still, it's actually not that bad. This is actually not a bad choice. For a trash tape, actually, this is a good movie. I don't think we're gonna have a lot to talk about. <laughs> The, after all this, he's done all the training, so like, and 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 Buffy's saying, "I have to go to this game." Bori missed three cheerleading sessions, and I have to go to this, otherwise people are going to get suspicious. So she goes to the game, does the whole cheer, he's like, "Okay," da, 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 and not really good cheer actually. Yeah. Um, but then we notice that one of the basketball players is a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> this this section reminds me a bit like Teen Wolf because you got you know in Teen Wolf you got the werewolf he turns into a werewolf yeah like on the basketball court yes you? so you got it's just a bit of a similar sequence obviously in this though it's it's a vampire and he's a, like a, a bad guy yes uh, but it's it reminded me so much of that scene like basketball and a monster you know yeah and it's always like the monster's always really good at sport yeah like all the time like this is the thing he does a really good slam dunk. Because he's a vampire, right? Instead of falling down, he floats down and nobody notices this. It's like, ooh, that's a bit weird, isn't it? Yeah, they're just like, oh, that's pretty cool. It's just, just something that he can do, obviously. Obviously, he can fall down slowly, which is hilarious. He just floats down. He does train very hard. <laughs> that, I think that was the line, I think it was. Oh, he's doing, doing really well. But then obviously Buffy notices this. And Buffy goes and literally goes into the basketball, trips him down, trying to stab him quickly. And then the game's obviously put on a halt. The vampire, the, so he runs out. And now he's being chased by other vampires. So they're all, so all the vampires are running around the streets, are chasing around, that kind of mm. thing. And there's a random bit, it's like, ooga booga, and like just runs around scaring other people. And what's interesting, this is in the movie and it's in the TV show, yeah. is usually uh, if someone starts becoming heroic in a situation like fighting a monster yeah usually in a in a story they w- people would praise them then they'd be like oh like this guy this this person's amazing they've, they've got they they can fight like that in buffy she's alienated isn't she she's for a, being they, a badass kick they badass. always think the, that she's a bit weird that she's got her powers and she's like she's a freak kind of thing i mean that's the thing i would say like oh my god you can fight like that and you fight vampires yeah. be my friend and i just think not thought that was kind of interesting and perhaps maybe realistic as well because people might in real life they'd think you were a really like freakish if you could fight like that like i think and also it's because maybe they don't want to believe the, the reason why they're fighting them. yeah because it's like saying how how do you get so good at fighting mm. and it's the truth like maybe you say oh you're really good at fighting like why do you are you so good at it obviously because they're, 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 there's a whole legion of vampires they need to kill off if you turn yeah. to any random schmo he's like and it's like they are scared of her, aren't they? Yeah, they're like, yeah. I think it's like she's very intimidating. Mm. And you can see how she gets quite intimidating throughout. Like, she starts... Like, for example, when the boyfriend, who... I can't remember his name, because he's actually, like, a nothing character. Like, Buffy's original boyfriend. Uh, like, always at the beginning, it's like, oh, let me protect you, kind of thing. When Buffy now knows how to kick butt... She's like, he says, like, she sort of says, I can, I'm fine, thank you, I can do it myself. And the boyfriend's like, well, clearly. Yeah, and there's that bit where 
the the friend of the boyfriend grabs her ass. Yes. And she that flips him over. That was so awesome, though! Because this movie, another thing you can say, this movie has a subtle layer of sexism. Yeah. But in a way that it's done to, like, stop... To say, like, sexism is wrong. Yeah. Like, the idea... Because every time, you know, someone grabs Buffy's butt, Buffy goes, what? Frozen, but don't do that, you pervert. Yeah. Because in other, like like 80s and 90s movies a lot of that stuff was kind of surprisingly tolerated mm. and so this one saw like a subtle layer of like you know what don't be a pervert like wasn't there like another bit where where she's right there's a really cool sequence this is a lot of when the, she's chasing the vampire towards the um like the weird fairground area mm. and um she's she's running past these bunch of bikers and the bike one of the bikers says like say uh, you, you want to feel some real power between your legs <laughs> yes <laughs> And then literally you just see her stopping, turns, punches a guy in the face and knocks him out and steals his Harley Davidson. Yeah, and that's an awesome image where she's uh, got cheerleader outfit on a massive motorbike. She looks so <laughs> badass. And there's a, there's a few iconic, well, I think of iconic Buffy. There's yep. a few images in this movie, like that's one of them. And there's the leather jacket over the prom dress, which and the stake in hand. This is early on, like Buffy uh, visuals that like, established in the movie, like yeah. And I yeah. think, and that's what's good about this film. It's mm. like I think this film needs to be a bit. It needs to be revised again, and we'll go talking to reasons why later. But this def, this movie definitely needs to be looked at again and say, like, actually, it's not that shit. Just t- tone it down a bit. Yeah. Oh, that is pretty creepy, actually. That is really creepy. Oh, yeah, that's pretty fucking creepy, actually. I mean, when you creeped, when you creeped out, suddenly you're going to bed and right, I was right there. Yeah. Are we having a nightmare, Yes! <laughs> he looks like a magician. <laughs> it is one of my many magic tricks. I can pull a rabbit out of a hat. Yeah, they're very much going for like the the, the cliche vampires in this, aren't they? Totally. They're not going for this. This is before the cool vampires really kicked in, you know. Mm. He's now she's riding a Harley Davidson, goes towards this um, sort of fairground, sort of like whatever it is, because there's loads of like uh, floats and stuff, isn't there? Mm. And this is where they finally meet, like, this is where she finally meets properly for the first time, Rudger Hauer. But there's a really cool, really creepy sequence we missed out before where she's having a dream, or it seems like a dream, where she goes to bed. And do you remember, do you remember she's in her pajamas, she crawls into bed, and then Rudger Hauer's in bed. Yeah. It's, it's very creepy. It's great, though. It's like got that, it's that traditional sort of uh, s- s- vampire, sort of charming vampire kind of scare, isn't it? Where it's like he's like a, almost like a, a, a love interest for him in a, in a weird way. Like, yeah. Uh, but, but only from sort of his perspective. Because yeah. he, he's dressed like in the, like a proper vampire, really like 
formal garb. Mm. But what's even creepier is like Buffy. This is before Buffy realized she's a Slayer properly. She um, she's dressed like a little girl almost because she's like in the nighty and she's got the bow on her head yeah. and she and, and she and she and she crawls into bed like this, holding like a teddy. And basically, what she's doing is like she's crawling into bed in between Rutger Hauer's legs, curled up like this, mm. and falling asleep. And Rutger Hauer's like her pillow, and that is a really uncomfortable kind of cool dark image and that's saying like imagine the rest of the movie was a bit like that yeah Rutger Hauer lures her in saying like come to me come to me my love come to me you know with, a, with, with hypnotic powers and stuff yeah it's very much the traditional what you think of like when you think of like sort of Dracula uh, charming people and stuff like in, maybe like in the, the 90s version of Dracula and stuff like that like the Bela Lugosi as well yeah. kind of thing like look if Dracula looks at you in your eyes and says a couple of lines you're almost instantly smitten it's very much sort of that vibe going on mm. um, and and this is the thing like um, Merrick, Merrick shows up at that point and notices that Buffy's very instantly being like lured to her so it's like it's like she's not and it's like Come to me. And then he's almost thinking, like, you're not strong enough yet. It's like, Merrick, you've, Merrick, you've arrived. Oh, you, you haven't done nothing to her yet. She's so easily swayed. I want to fight, kind of thing. And so she, he literally just stakes him in the heart. <laughs> like, so, so, and Merrick just dies. Mm. Like, quite. Which seems very sudden. Yes. It? It's like... You don't see... I mean, you'd expect the trainer, like the watcher, to be in the film for longer training her. Yeah. But he seems like he's just getting into it and then he pops off. And then just dies. And I think this is what the thing could have been. If if the watcher was a better fighter and has to fight off... Uh, has to fight off Logo, Lothos to be uh, off Buffy and then realises that I fail... And then this is where the suicide thing could have come in. It's like, I failed you. You're not ready. No, you're right. I don't think you'll ever be ready. Mm. And then disappears in the night. And it's like I haven't. And it goes back, and then she he's, he's killed himself because he's failed as he's failed his role as doing that. You see the dark side of this is oh my god, this is mm. the propelled it. But him just dying here just doesn't do anything. No. The van's like got the green and blue colours. Like reminds me of like the uh, Scooby Gang car. You mean the Mystery Machine? Mm. Oh man! Oh god! Dark. <laughs> and later on in in TV series, they called themselves a Scooby Gang, didn't they? They, they pretty they... much do. Yeah. Because yeah, except you know, this version of Daphne kicks fucking ass. <laughs> She's a, a she's a good Buffy actually. I mean, she's getting there, isn't she? She's like, I don't know. It's obviously it's it's difficult now because we, we know Sarah Michelle Gellar so fondly as, as as Buffy. Yeah. But like, she this uh, what's the name again? The actress uh, in this, Chrissy Swanson. She does a she does a a good job of you know establishing that character. It does. Uh oh. No, the light! It burns me! <laughs> ah! Talk about a hit and run.
I know. <laughs> ah, it's just so so weird knowing that that's Huey weird. Vamp. <laughs> Look at me. <laughs> you can see he's enjoying himself, even though he's so not suited for the role. What? You can't outmaneuver him. He's stuck on the roof. Oh. Oh, it's gone for the grab. like that they don't turn into ash straight away yeah because yeah, they did that on the show all yeah. the time didn't they mm. and this one's like you know they're dead they're dead they're dead I, I prefer it when they it's more like because you get like a a nice cool impact because you get the, you see the state go in yeah and then they don't they just like die like a like they, uh, I guess they might go into Ash after that, but it's a more of a slow process. I think it's just, you're missing the satisfaction mm. of that stab. Mm. Just stabbing in the heart. But, you know, I've never stabbed anybody or put anything through a stake, so I'm not sure, but you never know. I'm missing that. But it's almost oh. like they pop on the TV series. They pop it, they burst into Ash, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Here, they, they, you can actually feel the impact. In the meantime, though, right, Luke Perry's around. And Luke Perry is trying to escape the town because, you know, obviously now his best friend David Arquette's now floating everywhere. <laughs> Just floating through windows, trying to find something to suck. So, so it's basically in the van, and then he gets, and he gets, and then he gets confronted by the uh, by Pee Wee Herman and two other vampire minions. And this is where he got this really bizarre sequence in a van, where Pee Wee Herman's hanging onto the roof of a van and just trying to get to Luke Perry for no other reason other than I don't know what the reasoning to behind this other than let's have a randomly cool sequence. Yeah, it's a bit odd, a bit weird. Because <laughs> uh, he get, he, he puts his arm. Like through the through the roof of the car, <laughs> and I don't know how this happened, and it doesn't really explain much. Mm. I don't know how vampires work in this case, but he loses an arm. Yeah, 
And ever since then, for the rest of the movie, he's just called Lefty, which I find kind of funny, actually. <laughs> it's like needing a hand. Hey! I'm just trying to think of, like, in, in like, does that... In the TV series, mm. if uh, an arm got lopped off or whatever, would it grow back straight away or would it be, like, just, like, a, a stump for a while like it is in the movie? I, th- I kind of think he'd just be a... F- I, think, I think I like the idea that if you lose a body part, you're forever an amputee, mm. but you don't feel anything because there's no blood circulating, you know, yeah. so you don't lose anything from having your arm chopped off. Mm. And it kind of just shows a little bit how Luke Perry gets more introduced into the story now and how Buffy do that. Because at the beginning, there's the whole thing. They're a love interest, but, like, Luke Perry doesn't like Buffy because Buffy's, like, a valley girl and a bit of a dimwit. And Luke Perry's, like, the rebellious, grungy, like, older teen who dropped out of high school and now now he's a mechanic and he's hardcore and and stuff. But actually, he's just a bit of a sweetheart. Because that's how they interlock together and how they become, like interested in each other ever since because they seem to help each other afterwards yeah because he's obviously even though um he kind of sort of shows dislike towards her he kind of does like her in a way he wants to like her and when she starts showing the the real person that she really is yeah uh, he starts warming to her a lot more yeah 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 basically when she stops the valley girl act and becomes the buffy we like at the end mm. you know i was like actually she's pretty cool and it's cemented at the finally the prom dance because because now Merrick is dead, right? Buffy's upset because she believes it's her because she believes it's entirely her fault that Merrick is dead because she just wasn't strong enough to fight off Lovos's powers, right? It's weird that I call him Valik. That's the nun in the Conjuring. Too. Oh. <laughs> Now I'm, like now, now, I'm, now I'm just pitching Donald Sutherland in a like uh, in a nun outfit, in a nun outfit, just saying creepy things like "I'm watching you." Yeah. <laughs> Actually, have you ever did just you imagine ever... his face like in a, like a little sort of circle? Like, in the shall we Photoshop that? Someone Photoshop that, please. <laughs> I think that actually, I think Donald Sutherland as the nun would have made the movie The Nun a lot better. Have you seen that? I haven't seen it. I have. It's garbage, and that's a real shame because I because I like The Conjuring too. Yeah, and it's that's that's actually a really good movie. Yeah, even though it's a bit goofy, I kind of liked it. I like, really liked it. I had a good time with it. Sometimes it was, you don't need to elaborate more on a character, though, do you? It, why give a backstory sometimes? Yeah. And it's like we have the nun, and the nun looks all the trains may look like. Oh my god, it's the scariest thing ever! It is pants but now i want to watch that movie with donald sutherland as a nun <laughs> because my god instant win be great so now 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 got him okay so the nun's dead and so so now he's dead and so he says like since she thinks she i can't do this anymore i feel like i can't i failed him already I failed him already. What, what, how am I supposed to do it? So she kind of gives up and decides to finally go to the senior prom. Also, just, just want to remember, is is when he's dying. Yeah. Uh, when uh, Mr. Nunn is dying. Mr. Nunn is dying. He goes, you do everything wrong. And then he says, like, uh, she goes, she, oh, yeah, sorry. And he goes, no, keep doing it wrong. And it's like, where are you going with this? <laughs> he, he, he ends up talking in riddles all yeah. the time. Because this is where, this is this genuinely proves how he just improvised most of his lines. Yeah, because obviously he's tried to, what he's tried to say is maybe the way you do it is going to be the right way and keep doing it your way. Keep doing but, it your way, not my way. But he's, uh, he's just like he's being dead negative and he's not get, getting to the point. Like, <laughs> just getting there. And it's like, okay, it's more. And then it says, like, you need to stop 
wait till the music stops. And you're like, you're talking in riddles. That's the thing, the entire movie, he's kind of talking like that. Like, not in riddles, but it's incoherent. Like, it's it's like he's saying sentences that don't link next to each other. Mm. And so he's just a crazy... He sounds like a crazy person. And so with that sequence, we are baffled and confused. I don't understand anything he's saying. And you don't... Um... You don't feel sad, really, in the movie when he dies. Because we haven't spent enough time with him. No. Nor was he actually that useful. Mm. Because it seems like Buffy could do this quite a bit on her own, which she really... I love that, because it seems like... she did Because she she pulls a punch and actually punches him in the face. And he says, My God, I I can throw a punch. I've never punched anyone before. And Rod's on saying, clearly you have because you have because you hit me square in the nose. And, and then suddenly she knows Kung Fu. Yeah, but the thing is as well, with that, if if she has the bit the strength to fight vampires, if she punched a human that hard, he would have broke his face, surely. He would have like fly across the room. Yeah. <laughs> but no, he's just got a bit of a bloody nose. It's like, oh I've got a bit of a crack. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Maybe wasn't using a full Buffy powers. It's not on full max yet. <laughs> yeah, so, no, you just you don't really feel anything for when he, when he dies. He's all he's there to do is to say he's like you're the Slayer, and he, and he shows a, a few of her powers. Yeah, and then he pops off, but you don't really feel bad about it. And it's really hard for you to let go of the the, the uh, that he looks like a flasher or something. Like a it just doesn't it, look right. Whose like, idea was it to dress him like some kind of weird noir detective? Even when, like, that's you, you know that he's not a threat and he's not a weirdo, he's still, you can't let go of it. He kind of still is talking and acting a bit like A that. weirdo? Yeah. And then you think, oh, that's just him. But then it's like, well, he's not really helping much. So he's, as, as overall, he's a bit of a useless character. Mm. But that's, again, for me, other, the bit that made me like him, like his role, is the fact that he's so weird and appears out of nowhere and talks incoherently. But that's because we're laughing at him, not with him. Yeah. Come on, Luke Perry, save the day! Do the slow dance, you know you want to. You shaved the soul patch for her. <laughs> it seemed as well like it's a really long shaving process just to shave that little bit off. Yeah, I know, right? It's just like, it's a tiny bit. But, you know, we have to put the effort in and say, you know what? There we go. That's it. It's gone. There he is! Ooh, he's looking quite suave. Looking quite suave there, Luke Perry. Well done. Like, he's got a suit on, but he's got a leather jacket, slick back. I like it. See, he's like... He's like the loved interest character mm. that's kind of like... There's elements of... Because he was, he's like an outcast like Angel was, but yeah. it, but he his personality is more sort of like Xander. Like, a bit of Xander, a yeah. bit of Spike, a little mm. bit all mixed together. Yeah. So you can see, like, again, all the elements that would be on the show are all in this movie. You just have to bury... Dig a bit. Dig yeah. Come on, Luke Perry. Whatever you might ask you to... Cash, 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 cash! Oh, yay! Oh, this is oh, this is so well needed right now. It's actually a pretty cool look. He's got a leather jacket over like 
uh, a shirt and like sort of like uh, waistcoat thing. and stuff. So it looks badass. It's like a tuxedo with a, with a leather jacket almost. Because you know why? Because he's still a rebel. He's a rebel at heart. All right. So they're all now finally in the. Um, they're all finally doing the the prom thing, right? So uh, Buffy arrives at a prom, with a prom dress kind of thing. Buffy's there. The dumb squad's there, who's already done the whole thing and basically just disses her. And then the boyfriend shows up, who's with the, who's left her to be with a bimbo. And the, the excuse is, the excuse kind of says like, so you dumped me over voicemail, basically. It's like, it's like, so you weren't at home. It's like, you're never at home because I'm doing something serious, like fighting vampires, you know, <laughs> basically. So she's now left alone. And then Luke Perry shows up looking really swag. In like in the whole tre- like with a waistcoat and shirt, but with a leather jacket and tight jeans. It's like the it's it's the version of like it's the male version of the uh, leather jacket over the prom dress, isn't it? Yes, yeah. it's, it's like, like it's the male version of that because he's got a prom outfit under a leather like a biker leather jacket, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, he's looking like kind of he's looking that kind of smooth. He's got slick back hair as well. He shades the soul patch. Yeah. <laughs> He does like he's he's got a full like wet shave just for a little bit here on his chin. Or that, that did make me laugh. He puts the whole thing on just to go whoop that one slice. He's like done. I'm already baby smooth. Done. Oh man. So they they finally lock together and they finally become a couple by this point. They say like oh they're kissing. They're finally interlocking because they're finally realizing they those two kind of work well as a team. Yeah. Yeah. But then the vampires show up and invade the senior dance. And I love the bit. It's like, and I love the bit because Buffy's like, um, Buffy says, um, that's fine. They won't be able to come in. You have to invite them in. And then Hillary Twank goes and says, like, but I did, but I invited them. They're all seniors. <laughs> come on. Yeah. So this is the look. This the, is that's the, prom, the badass prom look. dress with a leather jacket on top. With a steak in hand. <laughs> she she looks such a badass. Cartwheels! <laughs> God That's gotta be a bullet point. Like so much dry ice. Yes, I've got I've got that in there. <laughs> Fucking hell. Luke Perry. What is looking swag? Anarchy! Admit it, Buffy. Times when you just feel less than fresh. That's a line. Herman vampire and it reminds me of like he looks like kind of looks like a Halloween Chad Kroger you know that <laughs> oh my god oh my god I have not thought of that <laughs> oh he's dead now oh it's like You're gonna wish he never made it as a wise man <laughs> he could have come as a poor man stealing but he definitely didn't last long enough as a vampire oh, this is, I remember this he takes age to die which is quite funny Ah! 
goes out and starts beating all the vampires up and everything else and this is where loads of random cameos come in like Seth Green's a bloody vampire in this and all that kind of stuff and so loads of throws bit of sloppy fighting but a bit better because she's getting better at it and then lured and it's lured in by Pee Wee Herman and Rudger Hauer to do that sort of bit and this oh okay Pee Wee Herman's death is probably the best part of the movie the entire movie, it's the best, right? Because, she, to be honest, he is taking the role campy but semi-serious. Although he does have some amazing one-liners. Mm. It's like, for example, when his arm gets ripped off, he says something, I love the line, he goes up to him, it's like, it's like, you, it's like, you ruined my favourite jacket. Minions, kill him a lot! <laughs> <laughs> really that's i like it this is one-liners he's like he's playing the camp but playing serious but in, like a good middle ground mm. but then the death just says fuck serious <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> what's weird about his death is he doesn't look actually like he's in pain at all it's like he's pretending to be in pain like. yes and it, it makes it funny but at the same time it's like you don't look like you heard. It's like, it's like, why milk this for so long? Because I love it. He gets stabbed, and then it's just like, like at one point, he falls, he's stabbed. He's stabbed. He falls off screen. It's like, oh, he's dead, and he just gets back up again. Ah, oh, but he's sounding not look like he's in pain, but like he stepped on Lego, kind of pain. It's like, oh, ah, oh, oh. I love the beef. He's falling on the ground. He just starts kicking. Ah, he's just kicking the wall. Like, ah, oh, no. Ah, oh, no. Ah, oh, hurts. And he just keeps going. And then he appears later on in the end credits, still going. Yeah, I think they should have had him after the credits as well. I think he's still, like, he's gone through the entire credits and he's still going. going. And I think at the end of it, he finally croaks. But when he croaks, it's really, like, just, like, a, a really, like, anticlimactic, uh. But then it cuts to black. And then, and then you hear it. him again. Oh! <laughs> that would be brilliant. This is, I love it because it is the stupidest thing in the whole movie. And apparently, according to, according to the notes, that that entire thing was improvised. It was Paul Rubin's idea for him to milk his death. Yeah. And you know what? Well done to him, because he's it is literally the funniest thing in the entire film. Yeah, no, it's it's great. Oh I I think that's the highlight. Maybe I'll surprise you. This is your defense. Please. Please No. My keen fashion sense. Oh, <laughs> it's like he was enjoying the fire in his face. He's kind of oh. like, mmm, mmm, mm, toasty. Want to lose weight and keep it? Eating... Here he is. Here he is. Fucking samurai with a, with a katana. Heavy bag, split opened like rotted fruit. Definitely not a student. <laughs> I'm gonna send you screaming to the 
Rutger really embraces any role he's in, doesn't he? Really. No matter whether it's a great role or a hammy one, he, he loves it. I haven't finished with you, bitch. <laughs> it's, it's kind of funny having him say bitch in that makeup. <laughs> bitch. <laughs> oh! Come on. Yes! <laughs> yes! <laughs> Oops. <laughs> oh, it is only a flesh wound. got to uh, rewind that sec because yeah. I just saw the coolest name of, of, of a guy ever on the credits. Alright, we've got to go back. Go back. Just I think it was not long ago. Just before the... Oh, I think I might know what it is. Is, that, is, is it like the cost on-set costume maker or something? Let's have a look. Where is it? <laughs> Rocky Slaymaker! <laughs> On set dresser is Rocky Slaymaker. That is the best name I've ever heard. It's so metal. Oh my god, that is so metal. So he dies. Well, dies. Air quotes. Mm. It takes forever. And then he re- and then Rutger Hauer is like there playing a violin, and it's getting soothed and smoothed from it. And then this is where Offy realizes how to stop. Uh, being lured by Rodger Hauer's, you know, Lovos, right? Lovos plays music. It's the music that's luring yeah. Buffy in. So all you got to do is stop the music. So he does that. So she does that by breaking the violin and goes, oh, it's silence. Buffy's like, oh, so this is what the note, like when the music stops means. Finally, something that he, Donald Sutherland said that makes sense. Mm. And so she just runs off. Like, uh, like, just beats him, beats Rutger Hauer up, and goes back into the um, to the ballroom to stop to stop you know beat up the rest of vampires, right? And then, and then once the thing is all over, Rutger Hauer breaks through a wall, <laughs> just and says, "I'm not done with you, bitch." <laughs> the way he says "bitch" though is so great. <laughs> bitch, 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 bitch. And there's a whole like really weird ass sword fight sequence where he pulls out a, k- a katana from nowhere. Yeah. Like nowhere. He doesn't seem like a katana man, does he? He doesn't seem like you'd have a samurai sword around him anywhere. <laughs> but he does and starts fighting Buffy, who's holding like a flagpole. And so, again, kind of sloppy fighting until properly stabbed and finally he's killed. Finally he's killed. With that, with, so Luke Perry and Buffy sort of stab him at the same time, which is kind of a cool thing, mm. and then dies, right? And then the movie then kind of ends there where, you know, Luke Perry saw where the relationship's all building up and it's like, and they both end up just walking into the sunset kind of thing. Yeah. In a very sweet way. And then the movie ends, cuts through... Pee Wee Herman still dies. Yeah, he's still going. <laughs> he's still going. Credits. 
So yeah, that was Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So overall, what do you think? I still really like the movie, um, mm. in, for it, but I, I can separate it from the TV series. I yeah. know a lot of people can't. That's why they hate it. But I, because I remember seeing it before the TV series, and I remember liking it as a kid. They got the nostalgia on top, yeah. and I just treat it as something fun and, and like you know, uh, just I don't. I'm not expecting it to be great, yes. but I just want it to be enjoyable, and and it is. So yeah. I, I just I, I like it. Yeah, I think honestly, I remember watching it years and years and years ago and hated it mm. because I think it was because I was in that mindset of Buffy the TV series, right? So did you see the movie? Uh, after yeah after yeah, yeah I, so I watched a, I watched like the first few seasons of Buffy and I was like oh there was a movie based with this okay let me watch the movie and realised oh oh this is not what I expected and I didn't yeah. like it and it was very 90s as well like very uh, it's very like because it's so 90s and so cheesy and campy but then looking back at the lines and some of the scripts some of the jokes do land some of it does feel like Josh Whedon's writing some of it does feel snappy and yeah. works and the character development even though it is a bit rough to get there the Buffy we get at the end is actually quite a cool Buffy mm. and yeah I think it's that, that's the difference if you if you watch if you'd, you'd seen the movie before the TV series yeah. you'd have a bit more respect for the movie I think mm. it's just the people who went the other way mm really didn't like the movie. I think watching this now, I can really appreciate it because it's now been quite a long time since I've watched the TV yeah. series. It's it's still a part of, you know, still part of the ethos of pop culture, but it's not as ingrained anymore. So I finally got a bit of distance mm. and I realised, actually, this is quite fun. Quite well, quite well pulled off. Quite well in general. Is it amazing? No, it's not mind-blowing, but the bits that do land are really good. Yeah. I had a lot of fun with this. This is... Is it is it good for like a bad movie night? Not really, because it's still it doesn't not, it doesn't push those trashy elements enough, does it? But it's like it is it's just fun and enjoyable, and it makes you laugh, you know. Yeah, you know, if you if you want to, if it basically, you know, it's clueless with vampires, but it's only clueless for twenty minutes. Mm. Afterwards, then it's just kind of decent character development between Luke Perry and uh, Kirstie Swanson, and I think those two really had good chemistry together. Yeah, definitely. And I actually say this is surprisingly underrated. This is another one I'd say revisionists go back, watch this again. Now that Buffy the Vampire Slayer has been put away, and now that Josh Whedon's not got the fire that he used to have in terms of popularity, because he's still great at doing scripts and stuff. I mean, bloody hell, he did the first two Avengers movies. Mm. But, you know... We now got his style and so on, but I don't. I no longer feel that attached to Josh Whedon and his style anymore. So watching back as this, I feel a bit more appreciative. Plus, it's like you know, baby steps. Yeah, I think I think you cut it a bit more slack, don't you? Now, yeah, the movie. I think I cut a bit more slack. It's funny. It's quirky. Yes, it's stupid sometimes. Yes, it's dumb, but it's not terrible. And I think give it a watch, guys. I think generally give it a watch. Yeah, definitely. I recommend it. So that is the end of the episode. So if you just throw it in, if you like what you hear, you know, obviously we have all the places. But I kind of want to start throwing in, put some, write some reviews up. If you like what you're hearing, put some reviews up on iTunes or on other platforms. Yeah, you don't have to write a message, just a few lines, just saying, saying what you think about it. 
And if you do, you know, you might get a shout-out on a future episode. Yeah, we definitely. Might, we might read a couple of reviews out, stuff like that. If you have an opinion on one of the movies we've watched, because we've done already now, this is episode 14 now, yeah. so we have there's plenty of movies you have opinions on. So if you have any of them, just write them down in the reviews or put them in the comments or anything like that, and, yeah, we'll give a shout-out. Definitely. So what shall we do next month? Hmm. I'm having a think. Let's go trashier. Let's go just, let's go pure 80s, maybe. Maybe something with aviator sunglasses and a really cool badass quip or two. Definitely looking forward to that one. So there we go. So, in this, so, so until next time, keep an eye, keep an eye on your trash. There might be some treasure in there. See you guys later. See you guys. Trash Tapes is a podcast created by Enigmatic Productions. It is hosted and created by Johan Schapal and co-starring Edward Harvey. If you like what you hear, subscribe to the podcast. We are on Spotify, iTunes, Acast and Buzzsprout. You can also find more information about us on our social media sites. We have Instagram, which, uh, which is under Enigmatic Productions. Uh, we have a Facebook page called Under Studio Enigmatic. And we have a Twitter under Enigmatic underscore UK. For more information on the on the other kind of products and projects that we're up to, check out our website at www.enigmaticproductions.co.uk. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Thank you for listening to this podcast episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please share it around with movie lovers you know, maybe add a star rating or write a good review. All of this helps with the algorithm and provides us with more opportunities to reach the ears to a whole new bunch of bad film fanatics. Want to find out more about us? Then head over to our socials where we provide sneak peeks and up-to-date news on everything nostalgic and trashy. You can find our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages in the description. So please, follow us. See you next time, cinephiles. <laughs>